Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your instigator in saying, fuck, be fine. This show is for those of you who are done living with the dumpster fire and are ready to find the tools and courage to transform, to step into more success and fulfillment in both your personal and business life. You're in the right place for stories of self-discovery, gratitude, and connection. And to help you strengthen that connection to your own inner guidance, you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. My guest on today's show is badass business owner, Carrie Seacard. For several years, Carrie commuted four to seven hours a day to her job where she struggled to fit into a toxic work environment. For most of that time, she thought she was the problem. Then she realized the business model was broken. So she set up her own practice and created a healthier, more sustainable atmosphere. In this episode, we're talking about finding the belief in yourself, the three most valuable people to have in your posse, and morning routines, which I'm convinced more than ever are crucial to having a good day. Carrie brought up the importance of shedding the shoulds, which was a topic originally mentioned by my very first guest on episode two in the first season, Dara Goldberg. If you haven't heard that one yet, go back and find it. I'm excited you're here to learn from this mom of three race car driver who is passionate about turning businesses' ideas into valuable assets and adamant about honest, truthful lawyering. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. If you'd like to find peace of mind amidst the chaos and no matter what's going on around you, get on a complimentary call with me. In less than 30 minutes, you'll get insight on any issue you'd like to bring to the table. And you'll leave the conversation with clarity and renewed energy. Find the booking link in the show notes or text me at 571-317-1463. And if you're not into chatting just yet, you can go to zenhobbit.com to find free resources like meditations and articles. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Carrie Seacard. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. I'm so eager to get into this conversation. As I do, I start with the, the question of, what were the values and beliefs that you were raised with that contributed to making you who you are? Great question. So there are a lot to choose from. I think um, the number one is being honest, both to myself and to other people. Um, I like to analogize myself to a mechanic. There are mechanics that will try to sell you every part on your car, and there are mechanics that will just sell you what you need. As an attorney, I really strive to just sell businesses what they need and not, you know, every product under the sun just because I can for their intellectual property. So definitely honesty and um, hard work and, you know, just putting in that elbow grease, you know, that little bit of extra effort, whatever you have to do to, to get the job done, to do the best job. Um, I had my first job, I think at 14, my parents definitely instilled in me a good work ethic and to, you know, really work hard for what you have and be proud of what you have. So I'd say those two are definitely probably the strongest. 
has that served you well or has it hindered you in any way? Um, I think for the most part, it has served me well. Sometimes, you know, uh, I'm from New Hampshire, so there's a little bit of that neighbor helping neighbor, kind of backwoods. Um, I've literally rescued two people from drowning because sometimes you just have to. You don't, you know, we're not in the city where EMTs can be there within five minutes. You know, so when I first started my business, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, that's kind of a thing that's like, you don't hear every day. Well, I rescued two people from drowning, you know, because sometimes you just have to. I've never had to rescue somebody from drowning, thankfully, but... Yeah, you said one. it like like it happens all the time. Of course, you know, like like one does. Yeah, so you know, we there are a lot of rural areas, so there's a lot of that neighbor neighbor helping neighbor. When I started my business, um, I kind of had to reel that back a little bit. You know, I can't give away all of my time. I do need to make money. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I've kind of found a good balance of I do provide um, complimentary complimentary consultations. For anyone that just wants to learn a little bit about intellectual property, um, I offer 15 minutes. Usually it runs over, but I really feel strongly that I need to, you know, spend some time chatting with someone to see if they even need intellectual property, especially, you know, newer people that are newer to it. And then we determine, you know, what they need or what they don't need. Have you ever found that that, that, belief that working hard is your key to success has maybe made you work like overwork and not have balance. Although balance is not the right word because I don't believe in having balance in life. I believe work and life is an integration more than a balance kind of thing. But have you ever had the situation where maybe it was out of alignment because you have this belief, I got to work hard to be successful. Absolutely. Especially earlier in my career. Um, you know, I thought everything was fine for lack of a better word. I tried firms of different sizes. I tried smaller firms. I tried larger firms that had, you know, tens, you know, dozens of attorneys. That wasn't a good fit for me. Um, I literally had a commute that was three to five hours a day oh my um, gosh like it, you know what that's, that's <laughs> crazy it, it was crazy but I thought you know this is just what I'm supposed to do you know attorneys are expected to whatever your commute is that's your commute and you put in the hours when I graduated law school a little over 10 years ago you were expected to put in 1800 to 2000 hours a year, which is normal, you know, that's 35 to 40 billable hours. Of course, attorneys spend a lot of time that they can't bill. Uh, not a lot, but there's other work that you can't Significant bill. Significant amount, yeah. Yes. Um, and so now the expectation with some firms is almost 3,000 hours a year, which is just crazy. Um, and so, in, you know, like that's not hardly even possible. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I thought there, there just, there has to be a better way. Um, so after, you know, really working too hard and still not finding, I'm totally with you. I don't think, you know, if you have a life that you need to take a significant or like you need a break from, you need to step back and evaluate why, why is my job making me that miserable? You know, can mm. I be doing something else? 
because what I, I'm a patent attorney. That's the same job, no matter where I work. However, I have been really miserable and much happier, you know, at other places. And it, it just makes a big difference where you work and, and who you work with. So I was bound to determine to basically be the opposite of some less preferred establishments where I've worked that were kind of had that toxic, we're fighting each other for clients. Um, you know, I just always thought, why not have a team mentality? Um, yeah. Yeah. So COVID helped me because people realized we can do this on Zoom. We can, we don't need to meet face to face. So. Right. Yeah. I want to address that in a, but in first I wanted to ask you about the, um, did you have a family when you were working all those hours? Yes, I did. So I have three children. They are now 10, 11, and 14. So when I was commuting to Boston, oh goodness, I believe my youngest was around three or four. Um, so my youngest two were three and four or four and five. I would leave the house at 3.30 in the morning and I would get home around uh, eight or nine at night. I did that three to four days a week. So for two years, there were, I would say four to five days in a row where I basically wouldn't see them. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I missed out on a lot of family time. I didn't get a maternity leave with any of my children because I've always had a salaried position. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had I one, just... <laughs> I had one boss tell me that, um, when I overheard him tell a client that I had just returned from vacation after having a kid. Right. Um, yeah. It's a vacation. Uh -huh. Wow, dude. Okay. I literally brought my laptop to the hospital with two of my three kids. It was crazy. This is, this has to change. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm on, the, not just, I'm on the path to make it happen. Yes, you are. And I, I will get into that too. It's crazy. And on a greater level, like you're doing what you can as an individual firm and an individual attorney running your own firm now, but on a, a social scale, like this is not okay. I, yeah. I just keep hearing these crazy stories because I, you know, I didn't, I don't have any children, so I didn't have this. Plus I, if I had had them, I was probably already in doing my own thing at that point. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have been beholden to a firm, but this is, this is insane. Like that people who are listening to your story, I'm sure have similar stories. And when we don't say anything, whether it's in this situation or any other kind of situation, when you're working for somebody or not even necessarily working for somebody, like you're in a situation and you don't speak up and try to change things, then it's just going to continue. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate because the industry that I'm in, and I'm sure there are a lot others that are this way, is, you know, you have a salary and you have a set number of hours that you have to hit. So they they basically don't have to give you a maternity leave because, you know, um, you're just kind of expected to make it up before or after during the same year. And it, it's just, it's tough. And a lot of firms don't really have a part-time option. Um, and the toughest thing, to be honest with you, on top of all of that, is that they really 
felt this strong need for me to be in the office. And I never understood that. I mean, I'm the clients don't come into the office. Most mm-hmm. of what we're doing is via email anyway. Why is it that I have to come into the office? And I just, I've never understood it. Um, and now that I run a firm where everyone works from home, I really don't understand it even more. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, that, that was a challenge for sure, especially with young kids. You know, it's, I missed a lot of events that I will never, you know, my employees will say, oh, I have, you know, my kids bas- baseball event. I'm like, go to it, please. Wrap uh-huh. it up later tonight. Do you think, I, I mean, obviously that's changed since pandemic because now people know yes. that people can work remotely and it, it works. But now we're having the discussion of people coming back into the office and firms maybe doing hybrid, maybe not, maybe requiring people to come back. Do you think it's it's more women who are leading this charge to say, no, we're not coming back in your, in your industry? Um, I'm not sure if it's mostly women. Um, my So my industry is predominantly male-dominated. I believe it's like 80% mm-hmm. um, of patent attorneys or maybe even more. Um, I think it's more a generational thing. I think that that's what I'm finding. Um, but it just comes down to personal preference too. There are some people that just don't enjoy, you know, it's difficult having to discipline yourself to work from home and you can't do all of these other tasks. You need to be in the office. Um, but I think it's just a, a mentality shift. I get asked, lots of questions that surprise me. Um, like how are you still connected? You can't just pop into someone's office the way that you could, if you were working in a building together. And I said, okay, but what if, if we're in a build, let's say we were in a building together, my door may be closed. I may be on a phone call. I may not even be there. I mean, and not only that, but you're limited, you're really limited to interfacing with people the hours that they are in the office. You don't really have any good procedures in place for how do I connect with someone? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a blessing and a curse, but I'm texting with my employees from seven in the morning until 10 at night most days because, you know, they have things that come up. There's no way that I would be able to have that kind of connectivity if we were all in one building. Mm Mm-hmm. I think you need to think outside of the box and make sure that you're still connected. I just scheduled a virtual cooking class. Um, oh, how to make fun. Sh- yeah. So I think you got to have those team building activities. We actually all just met in person uh, this past weekend to finally meet some employees that I've hired. It was a little interesting hiring people having never met them in person. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So, you mentioned how, how male dominated your industry of patent attorney work is. What inspired you to go into that? Uh, definitely my dad. He's also a patent attorney. And he, uh, back when I was a kid, he always had prototypes. So you used to have to actually have a prototype of your invention uh, before you could file a patent on it. So he was always coming home with really cool inventions And even back then in the 80s and the 90s, he worked from home a few days a week, which was kind of unheard of. So I thought, that's really cool. You're always learning about something new and you get to basically work from anywhere. That sounds, you know, something that I definitely want to do. And so I got my engineering degree and then went on to law school and 
here I am. Do most patent attorneys have an engineering degree? Yes, you actually, it's a requirement. So to be a patent attorney, you have to have either an engi- a Bachelor of Science and an engineering degree, or you can take enough credits to equivalent to a Bachelor of Science, and then you have to take, uh, then you go into law school, and then you have to take a special exam to be admitted to the patent bar. Interesting. I never thought about that until you just said that, because one of my, I have a friend who is a patent attorney who also had an engineering degree first, but I never put those two together. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So talk to me about how you made that transition to like, obviously you were working a million hours a week. You're never getting to see your children. What was the final straw that inspired you to, to say, all right, I'm done here. I'm done here, boys. I'm going to take it from here. Um, it was definitely, or I would say it was definitely not a linear path. It kind of, I don't know, I almost feel like I went in circles <laughs> to get there, but the working that hard and, you know, commuting to Boston kind of felt like the low point. I, I almost feel like I did this roller coaster ride of, okay, I, I found another firm. This is going to be my forever home. You know, this can be different mm. this time. Um, and each time some of them were a little better. Some of them were a little worse. But it just, um, you know, here's partnership track. Don't you want to be partner? Not really. That sounds terrible. You're just going to give me more work and make me contribute to overhead when all I want to do is work from home anyway. I don't need, you know, I don't need this this fancy office space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try, you know, after basically trying a few different firms, it was just, okay, I don't, I don't think it's me. I think it's just the model. The model is very broken. A couple of my colleagues, we actually joke, we call it the failing law firm partnership model because I I do believe it's failing. I think not for everyone, you know, everything has a purpose for everyone and not everything is for everyone. But I think that people want more of a team feeling, um, it's, it's kind of amazed me, really has amazed me a lot, how many people are latching on to this idea. Um, I'm 100% owner, so no one is partner with me, uh, but everyone, you would think you would have more of a team camaraderie feeling when it was a partnership, mm-hmm. but it's actually had the opposite effect because instead it's, well, this is my client and no, this is my client. Um, and I have some kind of incentives in place so that if you share your work, you still, so to speak, get a piece of the pie. So if someone else works on one of your clients, you're still going to get a piece of that. So you're not getting nothing. So it incentivizes people to share the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never worked anywhere that had that in place. So it, it's really a fun team dynamic that um, the best description I can provide is it's the opposite of, you know, every bad (laughs) situation. I've been asked a few times, well, what was your guidebook? And it's really, my guidebook was kind of all of the bad experiences that I had. Um, as I, as much as I would not want to go through them again, I am thankful for them because it really taught me, well, I don't want to do it this way. I don't want to have a toxic work environment. You know, I want to have friendly, supportive people can work from wherever, whenever, mm-hmm. however much they want. 
without stressing about minimum requirements and all of that stuff. So it's it's been pretty great. So do the opposite. And the other point I want to highlight of what you were saying just now was that we expect that there's going to be a linear path in anything. And the reality is life is not linear. It is hilly up and down. It's like you said, cir- go in circles. You you know, sometimes feel like your foot is nailed to the floor and you're just spinning in circles and and then there's some kind of breakthrough. Yes, exactly. I think the most important thing to get you through that crazy path is to just keep believing in yourself. Mm. Um, my significant other, I'm like, just tell me once a day that I can do this. That's all I need. Like, I just need to hear it and believe it. Cause you know, you have those days where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. And Absolutely. If you just, <laughs> if you just have someone in your corner, uh, it, it's a big help. The other thing too, is don't let people tell you that you can't do it a certain way just because it didn't work for them or they couldn't figure out how to make it work. That doesn't mean that you, you know, you can't make it work for you. Mm-hmm. I give people, I give our attorneys a pretty um, good percentage commission wise, more than most firms do because we have, we're a virtual firm. We try to keep our costs really low so we don't have to charge as much. Our employees get a bigger piece. Mm-hmm. Everyone's happy. And, and it just, works out really well. And I actually had multiple people tell me, you can't give that much of a percentage. You can't do it. And it, for me, you know, I'm the type of person I'm like, watch me. I, just, right. I was just going to say, <laughs> just fires me right up. I can't. Okay. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I could have taken that like, Oh geez. Yeah. Maybe I really can't do this much and really question it. Or I can just say, okay, they didn't figure out how to make it work for them, but that's okay. You know, my model is different. Yeah. So I love that. I love that whole philosophy of my model is different. And just because it didn't work for you doesn't mean it won't work for me. Exactly. But still ask, I asked anyone that would talk to me about an, any area, <laughs> not just the legal field, but how did you get started? How did you do this? You know, get as much advice as you can and then do what works best for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While you were on this path, how did you, like the whole thing, because working all those hours and having a three to five hour commute, which still just, my mind is trying to wrap itself around that idea. (laughs) How did you maintain your sanity? Good question. I'm not really sure. No. (laughs) Um, I've definitely have a really good support system of friends. Uh, I've had the same group of, there's five of us. We all went to college together and they're, they're my, my core group of girls that kind of that group of people you can always count on. Um, I think that's really helpful for anything, but especially growing a business, it can just be one person that's your cheerleader, but having, you know, those, those people that are always there for you, um, and family, you know, having family to count on. And honestly, um, I think there's just such a, a stigma around this. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I still go to therapy every other week mm-hmm. um, just to honestly, just to have a bitch session. Yeah. Half the time. Right. <laughs> my friends don't want to hear it all the time. And they're 
their advice is terrible. <laughs> right. Right. You brought up a great point. Friends are so important to our lives and they are not our therapists or counselors or coaches. Like all, and those are three different, different roles as well. A therapist is not a coach. A coach is not a therapist, but all of those have their place. And so it's not fair to expect your friends to be one of those other things. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up that point because that is, I really think you just hit on the trifecta of, of that. You, I think you need a good therapist or a counselor or whatever, even if it's, there are apps you can text with now, mm-hmm. um, just to have someone to vent to join a group, anything, you know, you know, have that, have your, your group of cheerleaders, your friends, but also have a coach. Um, I enroll enlisted with a, say a communication coach or life coach, you know, there are a lot of different variations of that, but what she was so helpful, extremely helpful for me was with setting boundaries. I was, I'll say yes to anything. Mm. Um, you know, such a people pleaser. I wanted, didn't want to let anyone down. And I felt if I said no to things, you know, I'm a failure and all that that goes along with it. And she really got me out of that and into just setting the appropriate boundaries, not giving away too much of myself, not networking five days a week and giving out, you know, free info, Mm -hmm. limiting that to a couple days a week. So I think really that's been incredible for me as well. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were there other techniques or tools that you used? Like, did you, I mean, you were probably waking up at two minutes after you fell asleep. So I was going to ask if you had a morning routine, but, or do you have one now? So now, uh, it still needs work. It's a work in progress, but the minimum morning routine that I have to get in every day is I have my greens. So that's the first thing that goes into me. Um, I like to get yoga in and while I'm doing yoga, I've, I've stacked that habit with, um, some positive morning affirmations and I can totally tell a difference in my day when I get that in and I don't get it in. Mm -hmm. So it's those three basic things. I really need to start meditating also. Why do you say you need to? Uh, I just think that I need to have that period of silence. Um, I'm always just go, 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 go. And I've been seeing that a lot as a suggestion for business growth or just mental health in general is to, you know, first thing in the morning, if you can, ideally multiple times, but at least first thing in the morning, don't run right out, kind of give yourself that time to just peacefully exist. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm all about the meditation and teaching it, yes. but the reason I was asking is because I think a lot of times people feel like they need to, they need to, Yeah. like I should be doing this and they beat themselves up for, I should be. And back, I think it was the very first episode of this podcast with Dara Gold, uh, Dara, uh-oh, her name is with Dara. <laughs> We talked about shedding the shoulds because mm. they are somewhat shameful if we want to go with the complete alliteration here and not beating yourself up for doing 
for, for not doing something that you feel like you should be doing. Yeah. There are, of course, benefits to doing meditation in the morning. You're already doing some great things in, in terms of the greens and the yoga and the, the um, just getting yourself into a positive way, setting the tone for your day. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't take the time to do that, which all we can control is how we respond and re- react, re- how we respond so that we're not just reacting from reptile brain, but all of those things that you mentioned help set us up for a, a better, better interactions throughout the day. Exactly. And that's such an important reminder. Are you doing something because you want to be doing it or because you feel like you should be doing it? I think the meditation for me is I really want mm-hmm. that in my day. Yeah. Um, but I I do think it's really important to, to get rid of that, oh, I should be doing this or that guilt um, and having... There are a lot of ways to work through that. But for me, it was having that coach work me through you know, why do you feel that way? And let's, let's get rid of that shedding. I like that shedding the shoulds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tara Goldberg. Love it. So I talk a lot about gratitude, obviously too. And people are always asking me about keeping a gratitude journal. And mm. that's another one of those things that people feel like they should be doing it. And then they wake up in the morning or they're doing it before they go to sleep. And they're like, oh yeah, I got, I got to do my gratitude journal. I got to come up with three things I'm grateful for today. Like it's such a hardship for the one thing, but (laughs) not that you shouldn't be, not that, you know, here we go using the word should, um, not that it wouldn't be a good idea to recognize those things you're grateful for, but when it becomes a chore, that's when you might want to revisit the belief that this is something that you have to do. Mm -hmm. I love that. So we do something similar in our house. Um, So when, I try to have family dinners together whenever possible. Sometimes with kids sporting activities, it doesn't always happen, but we, I actually took this from another friend, um, saying the favorite part of our day. Yes. Um, so we just go around and the kids hated it at first. They were very resistant. I don't know. I don't have anything, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very resistive. And then my youngest, I would say one to two months in started asking, are we doing our favorite part of our day today? And even though it's just one, you know, it's one thing. And I would say it can be eating dinner together. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. care what you say. (laughs) And oftentimes it was, which is kind of nice. Um, But you could tell that it kind of shifted their mindset just a little bit to start looking for the positives throughout their day. And I tell my kids all the time, whatever you look for, you'll find. Yes. If you look for the good, you'll find it. If you're always looking for the bad, you're going to find it. Um, I will probably butcher it, but one of my favorite quotes is an Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey quote. And it's, be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you're not thankful for what you have, more will never be enough. Yes. Yes. You, you so got it. That. I love that one. And I love that you're doing that with your kids. We just, as we're recording this, I had just, I just finished a episode, not episode session with my fuck being fine group program. And that was part of the conversation in today's group was making it part of your day, whether it's you have kids or not, you have a partner asking what was the best part of your day? 
We were just talking about it. <laughs> and and if you don't have kids at home or you don't have a partner and you're not sitting down to, at dinner where you could ask this, my suggestion to my cl- to my my group members was text a friend and ask them what was the best part of your day. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So now I have to start doing it because I just put it out there. I'm going to start doing it. (laughs) But yeah. That's great. Such a good conversation today, Carrie. I think we got so much, so much good information here for people who are listening. Thank you for joining me. Before we go, what is the song that you listen to when you need a boost of energy? Like you're halfway through a five-hour commute and you're just like dragging (laughs) or you've been up for hours working on a client project and you need to power through a little bit more what's the song you listen to so i have a whole playlist (laughs) actually but if i had to pick just one i would probably say roar by katie perry um so part of my commute included a one mile walk with my laptop in my bag down to the train station oh, or bus station. It just keeps so getting I better, would... Carrie. God. <laughs> it, was, it was great. So I would put that on and jam out and walk. <laughs> wow. So it reminds me of that. And I, I just love the lyrics of that song. So it's. That's a good one. have to pick that one. Okay, yeah. cool. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then if someone wants to continue the conversation with you or they need your services, how do they best find you? Uh, The best way to reach out to me would be to go to my website, uh, virtualipllc.com. And right on the homepage, there is a link for a free 15-minute consultation. And if you want my contact info, it's on there as well under the legal team. Or you can find us on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook as well, Virtual IP Law LLC. Cool. I will put links to those as well in the show notes. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Full disclosure, I didn't find out about Carrie's race car driving until after our interview. I would have liked to learn more about that. So when you reach out to her through the links in the show notes, ask her. Here are the key takeaways from what we did cover. Number one, If you find yourself constantly trying to escape or avoid what goes on in your day-to-day, it's time to stop and question what's causing your unhappiness. And then figure out what you can do about it. If you need a break from your life, you need a new life. Number two, it's easy to be thankful for the good things that happen to you, but can you learn to be grateful for the bad experiences as well? The feelings that arise during unfortunate situations serve as a reminder of the environment or behaviors you'd like to move away from and set you on a more fulfilling path. Number three, other people's failures or limited beliefs are not indicative of something being impossible for you. Carrie never understood why none of her employers ever allowed her to work from home. Today, she does things how she sees fit and manages her own successful remote firm. Number four, it's important to have a strong support system for both your personal and professional life. Surrounding yourself with people you like and trust leads to better mental and emotional well-being. And as we've talked about on many of these shows, there's nothing wrong with having a therapist and a coach, and those are two different roles, 
to deliver the tools and resources only a specialist can provide. And number five, shed the shoulds. Too often you force yourself to do something just because you think you quote unquote should. There's an implicit shameful or guilt-filled connotation in that word, which isn't helpful and can even be demoralizing. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend or a colleague. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other people like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. You can join me on social too. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. Lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. And if no one's told you this week, I'm proud of you. Take good care.